Hello. We're back for a Sleep Mums travel special. Seriously, we are going places. I mean, did we tell you we won an award? Yeah, we're still pretty giddy about it. Sorry. I'm Kat QB, broadcaster, podcaster, and excitable puppy. And this is Sarah Carpenter, baby and child expert, sleep consultant, and wise owl. I very nearly called you old there. <laughs> Thanks for that, Kat. No, very young and, and like, like a baby owl. <laughs> together we are the award-winning sleep mums this week we're off on our holidays and we're going to cover the best baby travel hacks for any trips you might take with your little one we're a wee bit out of practice of going well anywhere right now so these tips should help you feel more comfortable and confident whether it's a staycation a trip to see your family or you're managing to go further afield This podcast is for you. This very first trick is my favourite holiday hack. It's weird. And honestly, when you first recommended it to me, Sarah, I thought you were a wee bit bonkers. But this tip has saved me on so many nights away, even just at my parents or mother-in-law's. So that could just be a stiff (laughs) joke. And I have told so many of my friends about it as well. Okay, so... Tell us exactly what it is. Go on, get dirty with me. I love this top tip. Basically, I'm telling you that you have to take your dirty sheets with you. The dirtier, the better, really. But let's not be too grungy. So a couple of nights... A couple of nights of use of the sheets and the sleeping bag, and then it just gives that nice familiar smell. Now, obviously, if you've got a refluxy baby or a sicky baby, then you might find that you are having to change your sheets quite regularly. So don't worry about that. Even if you've just laid the baby in the cot for a little while while you're getting ready and then take the sheets off last thing. So it's just a little bit of the normal smell that they're used to. Presumably even just using sheets that you've washed at home, even if you like, see if you suddenly panic and go, oh, they're not dirty sheets. Actually, I think saying dirty is maybe a bit misleading because actually what we want to say is <laughs> aromatic or comforting because it smells of home. Familiar. familiar. Yes, <laughs> That's familiar. <laughs> not dirty sheets, familiar <laughs> sheets. But yeah, even sheets that you've washed in your own detergent will probably be more comforting than you know some random sheets that you might get in a hotel or airbnb or something definitely um so yeah you just it's it's just all about the familiarity and the comfort and smell so it doesn't they don't have to be dirty it's just that generally you would take a spare set of sheets anyway so if you can whip the sheets off your cot last thing put them in and take a spare set then you're good to go and that applies to your comforters as well. Obviously, we're going to be talking about packing later on, but you're you're not talking about taking hundreds of them. You're literally just saying a spare set. Okay, next up, if you are in a solid routine and touch wood, everything seems to be working okay, it can be a wee bit daunting heading away and feeling like the bits you hang your day on aren't going to be there in the same way. And I guess conversely, if you don't have a routine or you feel like yours isn't working for you, going away can lead to the same kind of stresses. So Sarah, talk to me about going away and routines and how you can make it work for you. So my 
biggest bit of advice would be, you know, try and relax because you don't want your entire holiday to be dictated by your baby's routine. Now, for some people, it is totally fine if you're in like a self-catering accommodation and actually you want to hang on to that routine because you want the downtime when they're napping and you want to be at home so that you can rest as well, then that's fine. But don't let it ruin your holiday. You know, if you want to be flexible, then now's the time to use that flexibility. So you want to just keep the sort of, like you said, the hooks of your routine in place and work around that. But just make sure that you are somewhere that they they can go for a nap. So whether that's in the buggy, in the car um, or in the cot, just when you're out and about doing things. So if you're planning activities and planning day trips, just make sure that you have got somewhere that they can continue to sleep. Because although you can hack your routine and change the way that you're doing things, they do still have to meet their needs in their 24 hours. So you have to provide them with the space to sleep if they need it. What are some of the ways you might hack the routine in a holiday sense? So, I mean, my um, my favourite one is going out for lunch and dinner. So you want to, if you're booking a table for lunch or dinner, then you want to do that, um, like, think about your timings for booking it. So if baby goes down for a one o'clock nap, I would highly recommend that you book a table for sort of one fifteen, so you can get baby to sleep in the buggy. You can head to the restaurant and you can have a nice quiet lunch while they're sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the same goes with dinner time. You know, that is the biggest one. Like do your bedtime routine at home, pop them into their sleeping bag, pop them into their pram and then head out for dinner and they'll just stay snoozing away in the buggy while you're enjoying your dinner. Now, if they don't stay asleep and they wake up after half an hour, it's okay. They've had a bit of a power nap. They will then be able to power on through until the end of dinner, until you get home and then just redo your bedtime routine. So they would have essentially have had two bedtime routines. So don't panic and race home just because they've woken up. Just repeat your bedtime routine later. I guess it's having, part of it is about having confidence to do that, Mm -hmm. which I'm still a little bit shaky on, to be honest. Um, But it is having, (laughs) in the nicest possible way, having low expectations. Not that it's all going to be rubbish, but that, as you say, if it ends up being a nap rather than actually bedtime, that's fine. You know, you have the tools to, to get things back on track. And similarly, at lunchtime, you know, if... (laughs) If the nap doesn't happen, you know, in the way that you hope it's going to, they join you for lunch and you accept that that nap is gone and you maybe try and give them a wee power nap at some point. Um, And if they don't, then you just bring bedtime a wee bit earlier. Is that kind of... Absolutely, yeah. So you again, as we always say with routines, you know, don't look at the whole day, try and just do it section by section. So if one bit does go a bit awry, you know that you can get back on track, but don't become too stressed about it. And if you are in a situation where you're eating out for three meals a day, you can change the times that you're doing that too. So, you know, if it works one day, you can do it exactly the same again the next day. If it doesn't, then think about maybe having an earlier dinner or a later lunch to accommodate that. What we've done a few times um, when we were actually able to travel and get on planes and things like that and um, have been going places in Europe where obviously the time difference tends to just be an hour, or, you know, maybe a wee bit more. Um, we have kept them on UK time which has meant that we can kind of go out for dinner a bit, bit later with them so they're joining us and, and have a bit of a lion in the morning that that has kind of worked for us for you know we're only away for a week and it seems better than kind of switching up their entire schedule but that's about that's what we wanted our holidays to look like you know you might not 
Yeah, I think that's really important is what you want from your holiday. You know, some people are actually going away because they just want to have focused family time and just be it together. I thought you were going to say they don't want to be with their kid. I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) Some people will think that as well and book them into holiday. Exactly. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that either. Um, But yeah, it's, you know, you have, it's a good idea before that first holiday to, like you say, have really low expectations, have a little think about what you want to get out of it and try different things. You know, don't get too hung up on it being only one option. There are different options that you can go for. This next one, I I can feel it already. I can, I can sense the laugh coming and you're going to tell me it is absolutely impossible with a baby, but it is to try and pack light. I know, I'm sorry, <laughs> but there are wee tricks that can help. So Sarah, let's have a chat through some of them. I think you 100% can. I just have visions of the first time that we went away with our daughter, firstborn, in the car and literally it looked like we were moving. I've never seen a car so jam-packed and we arrived where we were going and a passerby was like, God, that's a reason not to have kids. <laughs> like it was quite like... <laughs> I was like, we're here for like two weeks. (laughs) Anyway, justifying it. Um, No, you can do it. What you'll find is that it's your stuff that gets pulled out of the case first. So have your case size, know what your limit is for that and pack according to that. So yeah, you will realise that you can survive on very little. When, When we go, so I feel like many personal anecdotes now, but when we go away... It is one bag for me and my two children and my husband gets his own bag. Where is the equality in that? I mean, I think now when I go away, it's like, you know, a tiny little rucksack for me and then this massive big case for the three kids. (laughs) Anyway, so the key things are think about what you can't get when you get there. Like I've seen people, you know, having a separate suitcase full of nappies. You're not going to go anywhere that you cannot buy nappies. So things like that are really easy to pick up. Um, Most countries will have, if not the same formula, but a very similar one. And that's not for everybody. Some people do like to just keep consistent and have the same one and that's fine. But if you know that your baby's quite flexible, then you could just buy the closest alternative when you get there. Um, So they're the kind of two obvious things. Things like your um, bubble bath and baby wash and things like that, you can get all that out there. So, you know, don't buy... Or miniatures to kind of tide you over because you also don't want to end up stuck somewhere like, oh, I can't get nappies or I can't get formula. So either check out where you're going. Certainly if it's local in the UK, you're going to pretty much be able to get everything. And lots of this stuff, you know, like lots of of nappy brands and things are, are, are common throughout the yeah. world too as as you say as well as formula definitely Britain. definitely um so yeah it's, you can also you know if you're staying in a hotel or if you're um, staying on a resort you can email ahead and most places will pick things like that up for you before you get there what fancy places are you going to <laughs> <laughs> and there's also some amazing companies in the uk that order stuff for it to arrive no. at your holiday destination yes they are fantastic a lot of my clients have used them a lot so you just get there and it's all there it's like or you could just go to the (laughs) (laughs) co-op um so other things that you want to think about when you're packing are um 
uh, like things like your blackout blinds, you know, if you're going somewhere that you know it's going to be really light early and things like that, then you want to take your blackout blind with you. Make sure that you've got a couple of towels so that you've got, you know, that you've got things like that for swimming. It's those sort of things that are more important. You know, if you're going to be swimming every day, then you do need to have that kind of thing. Obviously, swim nappies, you can generally get wherever you go as well. So you don't want to be filling your case with them. Even things like your buoyancy aids, like, you know, babies have the sort of... um, things that oh god we've taken them so many places and then blown them up and they've never used them like yeah exactly. <laughs> so again don't buy don't get them until you get there once you're out there if you find that you need something like that then buy it there and if baby likes it you can bring it home and if they don't then you've not they're always cheaper generally cheaper when you're getting them in other countries as well so you don't mind so much leaving them for the next person so things like that are really good now the other thing i have seen a million times it's people packing loads and loads of different covers to go for the pram when babies are sleeping don't do it it's really not a good option you know we hear so often of babies who are covered up in their pram and it ends up like a sauna so if you do want to cover your pram get a proper safety tested cover whether that's a snooze shade or you were just talking about that in sleep club weren't we or the ones in the pram themselves so i know like you and i've obviously they rave about the vista but their sunshade is absolutely perfect it fully covers the pram and keeps the baby nice and cool and um, you can also get those um ones that go over cots as well can't you or uh, uh, do they multitask as buggy ones and cot ones or is it a separate one for cots well you could and you can i think mark mark, mark yeah. would say that you need a separate one but i would always go for Loopy it to that shit and you can make it work <laughs> definitely the key thing is that you know they're gonna keep the light out but keep the heat out as well that's what you're looking for so anything that you get like that you just want to make sure it's safety tested for keeping the baby cool also i think it's important to mention in just in terms of talking about packing light um you you can do laundry lots of places you can do laundry if you're staying with family you can do laundry you might even be able to get someone to do it for you, uh, you know, self catering or even staying in a hotel. And I know it can sometimes be expensive, but there will likely be laundrettes or something nearby. So, you know, obviously having a baby, you can go through multiple changes during the day. So you don't want to end up take, going, right, okay, well, yeah, I'll need to three or four changes a day. We're going for a week. That's, you know, 30 odd outfits. So you can do washing. Yeah. I also remember the first holiday that we took Harry on when he was four months old. And I think we were in Portugal. Can't actually remember now. I bought him like all these super cute little summery romper suits. And I'm so excited about him wearing all these like really cute summer clothes. And hats that they never yeah. wear. Harry wore a nappy the entire time we were there. He didn't wear <laughs> any clothes. It was far too hot. He literally wore a nappy the entire time. So don't go overboard on the cute summer clothes. When babies are hot, you just want them stripped down, covered in sun cream and in the shade. Packing wise, we're talking about not hoarding loads of nappies and things, but there are a few essential things that you should pack to take with you just so you don't get caught out. Having a few of each of these things is important, but personally, I really like to take Calpol, so I know know that I have it. And is that what you would say as well? Yeah, definitely. So any medication that you use at home, so your Calpol, your teething um, remedies, anything that's you know, something that you use consistently and prefer to use the the brand that you're familiar with, then I would always say take plenty of. Um, and uh, finally, just um, asking for a friend, does a packing light also go for parents? <laughs> Absolutely. Ditch your suitcase full of shoes. <laughs> what? 
You definitely don't need a different pair of high heels for every night once you've got children. Personally, I definitely cannot wear high heels full stop now I have children. (laughs) Now, depending on how far you're travelling, you may need to think more carefully about climate and environment and how it will affect your baby. There's weather, of course, different if you're heading to Scotland or than somewhere a little bit balmier. But there's also other things you need to think through. So, Sarah, what what are they? So, yeah, you've mentioned the weather. That is obviously the really important one. Whether you're going away in the summer or the winter, you need to think about the climate that you're going to and pack accordingly or be able to access what you need. So, definitely with sunscreen, sun cream, I would always recommend trying it before you go because the last thing you want is to find yourself in a hot country and baby has a reaction to the sun cream that you've taken. So just do a little test a couple of weeks before you head away. Um, And then if there are any problems, just speak to your GP because there are a lot of prescription sun creams for babies that have reacted. God, I don't think I'd have ever thought about that. But obviously, you know, with eczema or desensitive skin, it's probably really common as it's amazing how many sun creams can have a really negative effect so so try your sun cream if you're taking you know especially in the case of if you have a baby with like eczema or other skin conditions always make sure that you either pack enough of the creams that they use or take a prescription with you or a letter from your doctor with you so that you can access the creams when you're out there um if you're staying in scotland and going up to the highlands make sure that you have um, enough material repellent and things like that it's so annoying for little people. that's yeah. what we're doing <laughs> I'm so looking forward to it but I'm also kind of dreading kids and midges so if you can get hold of the Avon skin so soft I mean that is my go-to and has been for years and none of my children have ever reacted but again just do a little test before you go and I guess that also goes you know if you are lucky enough to be going further afield um just in terms of mosquitoes and things like that you probably like sunscreen you probably want to check repellent for that as well definitely yeah yeah. if you can get a sunscreen that does it all then that's fantastic but just (laughs) taste 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 you cannot be too careful the natural ones like the the citronella are probably best for for little people I think as well yeah they would for mosquitoes for mosquitoes definitely that suggests you're going somewhere lovely and sunny and balmy, but you probably want warm weather gear too if you're going somewhere like Scotland or or, or a bit colder. Um, is there anything you need to think about in those circumstances? Yeah, definitely. So, um, you know, if you're going like on a skiing holiday then obviously you do want to be really prepared for how cold it's going to be um so take lots of layers you know babies do um it's far better to keep babies warm by layering them up rather than just having one big suit on them um but make sure that you have got the option of the suit if it is really really cold to go over all your other layers you just need to be a little bit aware then that um you're obviously able to easily delayer them when you're going in and out of places so if you are going in and out for yeah because quite often it's warm inside in colder places uh it's such a big change of environment so you just need to be able to unlayer them accordingly think about that for at night as well so you know if you're going away to a hot country think about taking one of the really lightweight muslin sleeping bags if you're going away to a really cold country then you want to be taking your kind of 3.5 plus tog sleeping bag to keep them warm at night (sighs) I guess it's also important to think about the environment, like we're talking about the climate, but the environment your baby is going to be actually sleeping in, like, is it a hotel? Will there be air con? What the space is going to be like? Uh, I mean, I have 
emailed many, many hotels to get <laughs> like floor plans of the rooms to try and work out if I can, you know, put baby in the cupboard or something <laughs> please don't report me <laughs> yeah no I mean I always recommend to people that they um if possible they have the cot as far away from them as possible especially if baby hasn't been used to sleeping in a room with them at home so you just want to get that little bit of distance so using the ensuite using a walk-in wardrobe you know all those things are absolutely fine just make sure that's obviously ventilated yeah. and safe um but do like you say you know the aircon is a big one I've known so many people that have gone away and only taken like a lightweight sleeping bag or um you know no pajamas and things like that and then they've got there and actually they found that their room has been colder than at home because of the aircon so if you are going to be using the aircon then you do want to be able to dress them accordingly at night to accommodate that we've spoken about taking blackout blinds but that might feel a bit heavy for some people so the options of kind of snooze shades but um I guess <laughs> that you don't if you've got a massive comforter at home you don't want to be transporting your whole bedroom from home but you do want to make sure you have the essentials in terms of the bedtime routine so that you can kind of make it as similar to how it is at home as you can yep Absolutely. So you want to be taking any kind of sleep aids and tools that you use at home. So obviously your comforters, if you use um, a noise machine, then try and have that with you. In Scotland, you don't need the rain sounds you would normally put on your phone. <laughs> no, is it not Hoover's up here? That's the popular one. <laughs> is it? Yeah. yeah, I know loads of people just now that are using the Hoover sound. I think it's hilarious. That's, that, not just Hoovering, you mean actually just using the sound? Oh. A Hoover sound, but I've actually got a really funny video, I must hunt it out, of Emily absolutely sound asleep and I'm literally hoovering next to her bed. I just think it's so funny. She's absolutely conked out, doesn't That shows the confidence of a sleep baby sleep expert. I would <laughs> never have done that. I used to like creep in, <laughs> terrified that I would fart in their room. <laughs> <laughs> The other thing to sort of talk about with the environment as well is, you know, obviously if you are all in one room, then it is it can be a little bit frustrating for you guys as parents so um you know be realistic about what you're going to be able to do in the evenings if you've all gone to bed or if baby's gone to bed at normal time why are you raising your eyebrows you've suddenly made it sound a bit kinky that's a whole other question for the podcast is it okay to get down to it when your baby's <laughs> in the room with you <laughs> Just don't be expecting to be able to sit with like the TV blaring. Oh, right, the TV. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> and things like that. That was my point. Just, you know, make sure you've got other things to keep you occupied that don't have lights on them. I can think of a few. <laughs> <laughs> that was always going to go downhill, wasn't it? Always. <laughs> In Scotland, we get a bit of stick for haggis and deep fried Mars bars being our national delicacies. And I can promise you, I've only ever seen deep fried Mars bars sold in tourist places. So it's all rubbish. Our palates are much more refined than that. It's iron brew all the way. However, it is important to think about what you and your baby are going to eat whilst you're away. So in terms of kind of local cuisine or... Um, just in general food and drink what are your top tips Sarah? So I think you've got to be um, realistic you know in every country you go to there are going to be babies who are weaned on that cuisine so don't feel like it's a big scary thing to actually offer them local food um, it's absolutely fine you know you can mix it up a little bit but if you have 
got a baby with maybe intolerances or allergies then think about that ahead either by contacting the hotel or where you're staying to see what's available or using all your packing space to pack food that you know that they can eat and not react to. Quite often in other countries I've found um, that the kind of packaged baby food like the stuff you get in pouches and stuff is really different tends to be really sweet tends to be much more fruit-based than what we have in the UK generally yeah definitely so if you don't want to go down that route then you know do take your own Um, but remember that most places will also just puree you up a bit of broccoli or you can mash some potato at the table and things like that so you know you you can make it work and baby's appetite if you especially if you are somewhere a bit warmer the likelihood is that their appetite is going to decrease a little bit um, and they are going to want extra milk feeds or extra water if you can get hold of like the vegetable ice lollies and things like that they are an absolute dream in hotter countries because you can just give that for lunch even if you're in the uk or, or somewhere a bit more familiar quite often just your routine being a bit out of whack and and just generally things being a bit different can affect baby's appetite as well and so they might just go do you know what I am comfortable with milk that is safe that is familiar and they might end up having more milk not just to stay hydrated but just because it's a bit more comforting and I think it's it's hard it might be hard to move into that and just to not worry too much about it as long as if they are weaned you know that you are still offering them things but try not to get to and I I know that because I've been there I have been my kids do have had a tendency to not eat so much whilst we're on holiday and I'm always like oh god and then they're not gonna sleep but it's usually fine yeah and you've always got the fallback of a bread basket exactly exactly Every week in our Sleep Mums episodes, we do a listener question because, um, as I think you guys know, it's really important that we put any advice we're chatting through to practice in real world situations because that's honestly how it's going to help you the most. So this week we have a travel question from Amanda. Hi, Kat and Sarah. Love the podcast. You guys do a great job. Um I'm really excited. I've just booked a holiday to America, but I'm slightly nervous about jet lag with my six-month-old. Can you give me any tips, please? Please? So, yeah, jet lag is huge for people and they can get really um, anxious and nervous before they go away, which is totally understandable. Um, I would always recommend that you start to adjust the routine a few weeks before you go. So start working towards your new time zone two or three weeks before you leave so that you're just changing things really gradually. Um, Think about how you can use the plane journey to actually get on in one time zone and get off in another time zone. So, for example, when we travel to New Zealand, we start on British time but I use the duration of the flight to adjust the schedules so that by the time we get off, we are starting where they're at in that country. Yeah, but you're a pro. Does <laughs> <laughs> just, just starting things a couple of weeks before you go not just prolong the agony? No, not at all, because you're doing it in such small increments. So it's much, much less painful than trying to adjust something by eight hours. You're adjusting it by, you know, 15, 20 minutes a day rather than adjusting it by eight hours in a one hour. I see. Okay. So it's, it's much easier. And I guess it depends how long you're going for, though, as well. Like if you're going for a long period of time, that makes more sense. But if you're going for a short trip, you might not want to go full throttle onto that time zone. I don't know. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, for some people, it's 
you just find it easier just to stay on the UK time zone and you just run with it. But also for some people... They or prefer, split the difference. Yeah, and other people just prefer to get there and just wing it once they're there yeah. and just deal with the jet lag and get through it. Um, yeah. You know, you're talking two or three days and you are going to be back on track anyway. Yeah. It's actually when you come back the way that it can sometimes have a bigger effect. So when you're actually going home, it can take longer for a baby to adjust. I personally just think that's holiday blues and they want to go away. (laughs) That's true. I can't really remember those. (laughs) (laughs) But say if you've spent a few weeks adjusting your schedule in the run up to it, as you say, to go to a new time zone, and then you're there for a couple of weeks, Mm -hmm. technically should you not be readjusting your schedule whilst you're there back to like, so it's almost like sort of pointless? Are you not just giving yourself a whole ton of work? So you want to really enjoy your holiday so people are more willing to put in the mm-hmm. effort to actually get there, be on the right time zone and have a really nice time when you're coming okay. back home again. if you, I mean, fair enough, if you've gone somewhere for five or six weeks, then yes, you can spend the time at the other end just adjusting things as well to come home. But if you are just there for a shorter time, then you just wing it when you get back and get back onto the time zone. So, um, But yeah, it's worth doing it on the way out just so that you can really embrace your holiday. Yeah, I guess that's the thing, you know, that like all of the things we talk about, it's about, you know, knowing what is best for you and your family and what's going to make you enjoy your trip as much as you possibly can and making a bit of a plan for it, like not being afraid to be a bit girl or boy scout about the whole thing and writing stuff down. I know you're always a big fan of that, of like making diaries and kind of, you know, if you are going to kind of adjust schedules, make that new schedule for you, like write it down, put in the notes in your phone um, and and then just tweak it by five, 10 minutes each day and and hope, if, but you might also go, God, that doesn't sound like a holiday to me. That sounds like way too much work. And if that's the case, just go with the flow. Yeah, that's the thing, you know, it's your holiday. You have to adjust things to suit you and your expectations. So from Amanda's point of view, we've kind of covered how you might deal with jet lag from a kind of routines perspective but how do you actually cope with the jet lag like say you haven't done what you're talking through what do you do you arrive she arrives in the states and for some reason I'm imagining her going to Disneyland but that probably says more about me and so she's arriving in the states and she hasn't done these tweaks how do you cope with a jet lagged baby and a jet and being a jet lagged parent so you really do just have to dig deep and get through the days. You know, you, you want to try and get onto that time zone as quickly as possible. Um, so you just structure your day around that and you are going to have power naps. You're going to have unsettled babies. You're going to have grumpy times. You just have to use distraction, use food and use the naps when appropriate to really get through it. And yeah, like you say, you know, it's it's kind of worse for the parents because not only are they dealing with the grumpy baby, they're also dealing with their own jet lag. So, you know, you do just have to kind of act accordingly, but try not to get into a habit where you end up sleeping for four hours in the afternoon because baby's asleep then and you think that's going to help you. The likelihood is it's not. You're still going to, you know, wake up overnight at different times to the baby and then be more frustrated because you're getting less sleep. So just try and get everything in sync as quickly as possible and when you're using your power got a four-hour nap sounds good though (laughs) when you're using your naps uh, your power naps just be really strict about not letting them go over 
the the 20 minutes um, and I guess that's particularly true sort of towards the end of the day depending on the age of baby if you're wanting to try and get into a good routine and like we always say you know you can section off your days and so say even if the first day is a nightmare say if you manage to hit that kind of bedtime routine and have a wee bit of normality that's probably going to help you to bring things back a wee bit as well and then you just start your new day afresh so it's sort of it's almost no different from going through a, a routine transition as normal I guess yeah yeah exactly exactly that's exactly what it is so you can sort of be as prepared or underprepared as you want to be for that awesome I hope that helps Amanda very envious of your magical trip to Disneyland that I'm envisaging (laughs) if you guys have a listener question get in touch with us either on social media or on our website you can send us a message on there which works like an email um, sorry that made me sound very old and like unable to deal with technology it's like an email uh, you can also get in touch with us as I say on social media we are at the sleep mums on instagram and facebook babies and little people can actually be really awesome travel companions they're usually free or at least get cheap tickets they'll love to look at all the new things and enjoy all these exciting experiences in fact generally moan a lot less than their older versions or even partners for that matter (laughs) they will not tell you they do not want to go to the museum well in so many words anyway and I find that most people are really forgiving of babies and actually delighted to coo and chat to them when you're traveling so really don't worry too much about making a scene as long as their needs are met which weirdly includes dirty sheets it can actually be a great time to do trips that you wouldn't dream of doing with older kids go light on the packing but heavy on the snacks whether that is of milk or rice cake variety and the entertainment Always, always take spare clothes and way more nappies than you might think when you are going on a plane. My kids love to poo on flights. Do not ask me why, but our record breaker is five. It's really important to think about the timings too. For example, if traveling at a particular time will make life easier, do try and do it, whether that's a car journey, train journey or a plane journey. It can save you a lot of stress, even if it ends up taking you a wee bit longer. We hope that helped. Perhaps it just made you a bit excited about the thought of travelling again or holidays. Certainly did me. Disneyland. We very nearly did this podcast with margaritas in our hands. And then we thought better of it. It would have been a trip though. (laughs) It would have been a lot of fun. No, that's not a lot of fun recording podcasts with you. (laughs) Now that is a glowing reference. You're more fun with margaritas, (laughs) Kat. Look after yourselves and sleep soon. (laughs) 